Do you ever wonder what it's like on the other side of the couch? Do you ever get curious about the conversations therapists have with one another? Or are you a therapist who loves to hear others talk about our work? If the answer is yes to any of these, you're in the right place. This is Therapy Talk, the place where therapists discuss therapy. I'm your host, Rachel Landman. Join me each episode where I invite my colleagues in the field to come discuss the work. Good morning, Tori. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Good morning, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Why don't we get started by having you talk a little bit about your educational and professional background? Yes, of course. Um, So I have been in the field now, I think, about five years, which feels crazy to say. So much has happened with the pandemic and everything. Um, And so I started out in a DV shelter, actually, during my time in internship, um, which I think really helped me kind of ground myself in what I thought I needed, where I needed to be, um, and professionally and educationally. Um, And so I went on to community mental health work in which I work at a post program for individuals with severe and persistent mental illness, current substance use. And I really loved it. Um, I know that often therapists, I think, kind of run away from community mental health work. Um, I do think that, you know, there's a lot of bureaucracy and things that are surrounding community mental health work that just doesn't make it sustainable. But I love to be on the ground and kind of in that like very like crisis intervention risk management mode. Um, again, not sustainable. Um, and I wish, again, there was just better systems around it, but I really loved it. Um, and then I found human soul private practice. It was just something that I wanted to start because I didn't want to lose the skill of what it was like to just sit in a room for 55 minutes, right, with um, clinicians who were not in constant active risk or a lot of need, um, you know, kind of perpetually. So that's what brought me here. And I love it. Amazing. And, and where did you get your degrees from? So I got my master's at University at Albany, SUNY. So I was an upstate girl for a while. I also did my undergrad um, at Syracuse University. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. I definitely empathize with you on the whole agency work. I mm-hmm. I remember when I did that for a while, it was the most rewarding work I've ever done. And it was amazing. And I really wanted to make it work. But it is so unfortunate that exactly where we are needed the most, it's impossible to sustain especially sustaining having a work-life balance sustaining Mm -hmm. having children like it's it's really really hard but it also makes it really unfortunate and sad yeah 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 absolutely I think that um I am the clinician that I am as a result of that community mental health work and I think you know in, in every sense of the word being able to again, like know how to address these like high risk cases, um, being familiar with like case management, even being a mental health counselor, social work, right? Like that ongoing feud about how different our work is. Um, But right, like how in that moment, right? Like social workers were recovery specialists, just like I was um, at the time. And so we all kind of played the same role, had the same title and did a lot of that groundwork. And so I've learned so much about systems and how things work and hospitals, like you literally, you name it. Um, and I owe it all to my community mental health work. I think again, I'm, I'm being able to stretch a different muscle now, which I really enjoy and having that work-life balance is wonderful, but I agree, right? It really, it really is sad. And I think there's, um, it's very evident how certain folks get lost 
in the system um, when you look at just like the infrastructure of how community mental health works. Absolutely. So what, um, what drove you to wanting to be a therapist? Uh, so it actually, I would say, um, started, and this is going to sound so bizarre, I want to say probably elementary school. Um, I remember just kind of watching how, you know, there were such differences, I think, created in the public school system, right, depending on like your achievement level or your perceived uh, IQs or just like overall accomplishments, right? And I can admit that I was probably, you know, less of a rebel and more of like, I'm going to stick to me by the books and um, how that just differentiated me from students who may not have done that well. Um, and I think even early on, again, seeming very bizarre to say now, I think that I realized that there was, you know, there were differences, right? But they were unaddressed, right? They were, these differences were meant to separate us and not to understand the students who may have not done as well and what that meant for people who I've hung out with right and people who grew up in communities or you know that weren't as well resourced um and just how that affected them and then I went on to continue to be in like middle school and high school and stuff and I was just always that friend that everyone came to with their stuff like it again it sounds so bizarre and like so well placed but it is truly how it was and I was like why am I always the one holding space for everyone like how does that happen um even now I feel like I do a lot of you know random people come on the street just coming up and speaking to me and sharing all types of things and I'm like does my face invite people um over but I you know I think I've always just been that person and i tend to rely on my faith to kind of guide me and, and and spirituality and I think that when you have a calling I think your calling is always going to remind you of itself no matter where you are and so um that was that's kind of me and how I landed here I love that I, gu I guess it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse at the same time. <laughs> yes I've definitely stopped telling people that I'm a therapist oh my gosh yes <laughs> Like, I have to find, like, a job to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, taxi drivers. I'm like, oh, what do I do? I'm a banker. Do CPA <laughs> stuff. Like, I don't know anything about anything. Or I'm, like, stay-at-home mom. <laughs> don't ask me anything. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what's the, like, most least interesting thing to do, right? Like, I, and I'm going to start telling people that I do that. Suddenly, everyone's like, oh, they peek up. And then I'm like, oh, no, it's okay. I just want to enjoy my Uber ride. Exactly. <laughs> Um, you mentioned spirituality and, and faith being part of your journey. Can you talk a little bit about how that has shaped you as a therapist and how mm -hmm. that does that play a role in, in how you do therapy? Yes, yes. Um, I think in terms of my journey, uh, the bottom line is this work is really, really hard. And, you know, for me, it means being able to rely on something bigger and greater than myself or just strength every single day like some days I'm just I get up and I'm like I don't want to do this right but I make it through the day and sometimes those are the best days even um, when I realize that I can't do it all and I can't just rely on my own strength I think for me that feels really really central and core to how I just live my everyday life and um, in terms of practice I think of course where clients have communicated that they appreciate just being able to share with you know another clinician in a lot of cases another black woman clinician who has a strong faith background or just understand and can kind of keep space for that even for individuals who um, you know clients that I don't share the same faith with I've noticed how that has just come up in a way that has allowed us to connect and kind of understand each other 
um, you know, and has really led to some pretty fruitful, I think, therapeutic relationships too. Yeah, absolutely. Would you be able to share a little bit of an example of what that looks like if somebody goes to therapy with a therapist that does use faith and spirituality in their practice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that for a lot of folks, of course, right, like when you think about just the impact of the pandemic and how much we know and, and don't know, right, I think that a lot of folks have come and they're just like, you know, I I don't know, right, like what to do anymore, right, I've, I've tried the coping skills, I've done things, I just, I, I kind of throw my hands up, right, and I'm like, you know, what, what are the things that remain important to you right in this like ever-changing landscape right like what's something that feels you know so steady and unshakable and unmovable that you find yourself being able to rely on um and in those moments a lot of folks will say you know their faith if they have observed and have shared that with me previously um and a lot of it means like, okay, like how do you ground yourself, right? Sometimes it's through like these like spiritual affirmations or Bible verses, scriptures, things like that, that feel really important to them. And they're like, wow, thank you. Like I, I think that folks don't always think that spirituality or having a faith base is a coping skill, right? But it is absolutely a protective factor in, you know, in a world that, you know, three years ago for us looked so different. And now it's, it's the one thing or one of the few things that seem pretty constant to them. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really beautiful and unique way of approaching coping strategies and, and therapeutic intervention. How have your client, and you spoke a little bit about client, how clients have responded to it. What are some other reactions that you've received from that kind of approach? What has been helpful and, and unhelpful? Mm-hmm. Um, I think on the helpful side, it feels like clients are able to recognize that they are like they have it in them right they have this like innate willingness to be well and and to heal and to um, outsource right when they need to Um, I think maybe unhelpfully right is that you know maybe if things are taken a little bit too literal right or like well what if this and it's like you know you know they are unsure about maybe how to incorporate that depending on the season that they are in their lives right and so I think sometimes sometimes right doing client work we kind of find that that you know clients may want a hard and fast rule and it's like okay right but you're still allowed you know to feel and have these emotions right and and even though you do have this faith base it doesn't make you like immutable right like you can still you can still struggle right and so I think that that balance sometimes right of like knowing you have this thing that is there for you whenever you should need it. Um, but also recognizing like it's okay to struggle, right, at the same time. Absolutely. Have you ever received any pushback in that, with those kinds of interventions? Um, no, I, I, I would say that I've done a pretty good job at knowing when a client um, can appreciate that type of framework. Um, I think that it's, it's absolutely something that is offered initially like an intake you know someone may bring it up and even if someone says like hey I feel like I'm more spiritual I'll always ask right like okay like can you tell me a little bit more about your spiritual walk right and that kind of leads people to share like yeah like you know I grew up in here in the church and I really didn't like it and I've kind of been on my own path and journey now or yeah like I don't attend church but my faith is really something that is important to me and so it's not every client or in every situation but definitely I, I think that I can kind of gauge and of course ask the appropriate questions so that folks can you know, let me know if that's something that they would appreciate in our time together. 
Absolutely. So would you say that clients who are looking for that kind of framework will benefit the most from work with you? What what about clients who are like, no, I'm I'm an atheist. I, I don't care about anything in regards to spirituality or faith. Do you think that they may not work so well with you? I have had all types of clients um, with all types of belief systems. And so um, it's a really great question, right? Because I think that you don't, it doesn't always feel like these kind of conversations are welcomed, right? In the therapeutic space. And maybe it may feel like, okay, like I'm not overstepping, right? That whole like blank slate nonsense they try to teach you in school, right? It just, it doesn't work. Um, Again, I think that that I have like really strong boundaries in a way that, okay, if someone came to me and they said, oh, I don't believe in any of that, right? My goal is always to affirm the client's needs and beliefs and value system in our time together, right? And I think think whether you have a, a strong spiritual or religious background or not, right? I ultimately want you to make you know, have an autonomous decision-making process in our time together, right? Um, and so whatever you believe in, right, it doesn't, truly doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, I think that our work is always building on that, right? And it's based on the things of your value system, right? The things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think what you're saying is so, so important because I think sometimes people look at pictures or, or look at the bios and they're like, I need to find somebody that's very similar to me. Otherwise they're not going to get it or, mm-hmm. but I don't think that is often true. Like just because we may not have our own children doesn't mean we don't mm-hmm. know how our parents or maybe we're different religion or different ethnic background doesn't mean we don't know how to support another person. Um, but there are also benefits to knowing that the other person knows exactly what you're talking about and can empathize with you in a very different way than if they have not had those experiences. What are your thoughts about some of those things? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I think that um, the first thing that I think of is just the word community, right? And I think that so many of us are seeking that out when we're anywhere that we are, right? Like I really enjoy having lovely coworkers. I enjoy being able to go to a faith community in which people that I like, right? And who understand and kind of connect, right? Um, And so I think that you know, if that feels important to you, please, by all means, right, seek that out. Because I do think that there are nuances in culture and, you know, um, racial spaces, right, that that people appreciate, right, and want to, like, I want to be with someone who looks like me off the, you know, I have, I can't even tell you how many times, like, I get a sigh of relief <laughs> um, when another, you know, Black person, right, Black client comes and sits in front of me and they're like, Ooh, you don't know how long, right, it's taken to be able to find someone, right, and I have said nothing, they don't know, that could be the worst therapist in the world, um, I've said <laughs> nothing, and so, you know, I think that it just speaks to just this, you know, f- this level of familiar, right, that feels so, so valuable to people. Um, But at the same time, I think that a lot of us can say, right, like I've, you know, I've worked with some people who don't look like me, right, who I've learned a lot from. And I, you know, appreciate the differences because it's encouraged me to look at a different perspective. And so I think that it works both ways. I think that, you know, there's, there's all these theory based things that we learn in school, right? And, And none of that really prepares us for who we're sitting in front of. And there's all these other nuances that people come with and their life experiences I always kind of joke with clients like I know you've known me all of 45 minutes right but you got to tell me everything about you right at an intake session and so 
you know, I think, again, that's like making people feel comfortable building rapport. I think that's the single most important thing that we can do um, with working with a client. And if you can do that, whether you're black, brown, green or purple, um, you you can be a good therapist. Absolutely. And, and from a client's perspective, what that really means is that look for the connection with the person across from you. And if it helps that they have a similar background than you do, then by all means, go for that. Because ultimately, if that allows you to connect in a way that feels safer, that's the most important part. But it's certainly not something that doesn't allow you to connect necessarily. But what's important is that the client is able to connect to the therapist. And if those elements help, then that's what's important ultimately. Um, Tori, thank you so much for sharing some of your thoughts and insight about the therapeutic approach. Are there any last thoughts that you'd like to share with us today? Um, I would just say that for anyone who may be listening to this as a budding professional, right? I think that that connection piece is just so, so important. Um, I've done a lot of supervision with which you know, folks want to go in and they want to solve problems. You want to do all of the things you want to change the world, right? I think that's like our whole MO. We are such overachievers, um, these therapists. And, um, you know, I think that just rem remembering that connection, right? And remembering it, even if you're not a therapist, right? Like who can you connect with today? That you can look at and say, yeah, like I see you today because that means so much more to people than I think any of the book work and any of the, the all of what we paid all that money for, right? All that theory, um, it really matters, right? That, that heart work, I think, in, in the therapeutic space. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. Thank you so much, Tori. And I hope I speak to you soon. Of course. Thank you so much, Rachel. <laughs>